Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ex-Mormon Files. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I appreciate you joining with us. I'm really excited today because Ross Anderson is my guest. And Ross, if you have watched any of the old, uh, old, <laughs> old interviews, back the number of 36 one, 36th one we did, Ross is the, uh, is my, was my guest then. That was back in 2012. Hard Can't to believe. believe we've been yeah. doing this for six years. Yeah. But Ross is a delight. He's the teaching pastor at the Alpine Church. Where is that located? Well, we are, have several locations right. throughout uh, Davis and Weber counties, yeah. up into Cache Valley. We even have a congregation in central Utah. Oh, do you? And so, but and do main, you teach at mainly, each one from I do, time uh -huh. to time? Yeah, we rotate. Our teaching team, yeah. our teaching pastors, we rotate through. Yeah. And um, so I'll be at a different campus each weekend. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, and they're so good. I've heard so many good reports from well, about Alpine Church. Oh, glad yeah, a lot of people yeah. that go there and mm -hmm. good friends that uh, really enjoy that. Well, maybe we could have you just share in a couple of minutes. Uh, anybody mm -hmm. can go back to episode 36, <laughs> which I did earlier this week yeah. and listen, re-listen to your story. But uh, just tell us how long were you in the church, where you're from, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was, I was born and raised in the church. Yeah. So I was born in Salt Lake City. Um, great LDS family. I was one of 10 kids. Where'd you go to school? I, I actually, we moved out of Salt Lake Before when I was an school? infant. Oh, oh, you did? So, okay. yeah. Um, uh, so I grew up throughout the West, okay. but mostly from third grade on in Southern California. Oh. You know, there's a lot of LDS people in, sure. in Southern California. And so my family found their home there. Um, like I said, I was one of 10 kids. Wow. So my parents were doing their part. Good, good to, LDS people. To depopulate the pre-existence, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, so they were, uh, they were active. They, uh, it's all we knew. The church was all we knew. <laughs> you know, yeah. so we were in the bubble, the Mormon bubble, and all my older brothers had served missions. Seven of them, right? Um, I'm one of seven. Yeah, I'm number, yeah. I'm, I'm. Oh, six others. There's six others. Yeah. I'm in the middle of the family. I'm number six out of ten. Okay. And of the sons, um, I'm number four out of seven. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, so my uh, older brothers had served their missions, and um, so I was in a position where, as a senior in high school, um, I was turning 18 at the end of the high school year, and so I was preparing to go on my mission, but I had questions. Mm. I had secret doubts, you know. Um, part of it was, I started counting the cost about what would it take for me to go out and really proclaim this message. My older brothers had gone places that weren't fun that you wouldn't go on vacation you know <laughs> okay. that would be challenging tough, and sacrificial tough to missions, go. yeah yeah and so I, I was counting the cost do i believe this enough or do i own this enough to go pay that price that's very and, mature um, isn't it well i don't know that wasn't it the only is. thing going on but oh, i know um, but that's that is mature because most of us that just are turning those ages say, okay well that's the next thing to do yeah and there's certain know? there's obviously a certain amount of family and social pressure to sure, do that. Sure, sure. I think, I wonder sometimes if I had been living in Utah, if I would have went on a mission. Yeah. In Southern California, it's a little easier yeah. to not, you know, be pulled more, by those, yeah. those forces, you know. Yeah. So it started a year, part of it, I was dating a girl who was not an LDS girl. And um, when we started dating, we started having faith conversations. Oh, really? And so she, I had her seeing the missionaries. Yeah. And she had me reading anti-Mormon literature. Uh-oh. Um, see who would win first? See who was going to win, you know, <laughs> who would knuckle under. Yeah. And uh, 
But she had some answers, and I didn't have any answers for what I was reading. Oh, my goodness. So it was kind of a, kind of rocked my world a little bit. So for about a year, I just was wrestling with this new data, this new information, what it meant, the implications of it. Now, she had shown you, am I right, the Tanner book, uh, Shadow? Yeah, Shadow of Reality. She Shadow got that for me. That, that was, This was way back before the Internet. Oh, there yeah. wasn't much available. So it was hard paper. So it was hard yeah, paper yeah. and lithographed, and, you know, it was like yeah. uh, there wasn't much else out there. Uh, data-wise, like, not you, like there is today. But what you were reading, you just didn't feel like it there was were answers credible. to that. Yeah. It was credible, and it was going, you know, this is, these are the original documents. Right. So it's like, how do you argue with that, you know? Oh, my goodness. So I realized the church had swept a lot of things under the rug historically. And so I I'd sort of, uh, I guess, kind of... Uh, I left the church. I kind of sort of deconverted from yeah. from the church based on the historical issues and the facts and so forth. But I didn't really adopt faith at that point. It took another couple of years yeah. before uh, God did in my life enough to make me see that I really needed a Savior, that I really needed something But that more. did happen. It eventually happened after oh, time. What time. happened? In my, in my college years, it was just a matter of... Um, Things were pretty good, but in many respects, but there was just this emptiness. Yeah. And I just became more and more aware of of sin or brokenness in my life. Interesting. You know, because growing up LDS, you're taught to maintain this veneer of, of righteousness. Yeah. And everybody sees you through a certain image, and you see yourself through that image, too, I found. you know. Well, I'd written that down, veneer of external righteousness yeah. is what you had said or yeah. wrote. And I just thought, that's such, so true. We put on this facade yeah. as though we're perfect, and all these little families, just perfect yeah. little people. Yeah. And yet, behind the scenes, there's trauma and drama and all kinds of stuff. And Underneath the surface, I began to see some disturbing yeah. issues within we're, my own heart. We're human, we're for human. heaven's sake. Exactly. Yeah. And sinners. <laughs> yeah. So God began to reveal to me that, you know, you can't, you, you need help. You need some help here. Yeah. And so one night, a friend of mine invited me to her church, mm. and um, a different friend. And uh, so I went and heard for the first time, really, the Bible taught directly from the pages of Scripture. Kind of verse by verse. And, and it was huh? verse by verse through the parable of the four soils, where Jesus sows this, the sower sows the seed, and, and different people respond. The seed's the Word of God, and he's talking about the Word of God goes into good soil and it bears fruit 30 60 and 100 fold yeah. and i just suddenly had this realization that he's talking about this kind of fruitful life and i'm living this kind of this kind of pointless life here and like the two are like in juxtaposition to each other i just said god i need you to do that in me and wow. surrendered at that moment Dear that's really how did. i that's where I define, I understand to be my defining moment of faith. You became a new creature at exactly. that point. Isn't that exactly. a joy in that? God is so good. I yeah. mean, it is. It's so freeing. It's so mm -hmm. liberating. And yet it's so joyful because you now have someone you trust and, you know, Jesus. Yeah, and, and things began to change yeah. just from that moment on. Yeah. So when did you decide to become a pastor? Well, I was in college finishing up school and... Um, after I'd come to faith in Christ, I realized, you know, the the collegiate direction that I was pursuing just didn't have the zip for me anymore, you know. And 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 serving on campus in campus ministries really really was 
Oh. It was the thing that like you get up in the morning for. Yeah. And so something God began enjoyed. to put something on my heart to to do something with that. So I began to explore that and and um said, Hey, we're gonna go and prepare for this and test this out and see. So I went to graduate school um for theological training and, and God confirmed, you know, That's those decisions you along the way. Yeah. And now thirty five years later or so, huh? Yeah, we came to Utah in nineteen eighty three. Wow. Yeah, been here since. Well, you've been a blessing to a lot of people. And one thing that I, one other quote that I wanted to throw out you, at you and have you comment on is it says, Jesus was just a part of the wallpaper of life mm -hmm. as a Mormon. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. It's, what he's do you mean he's by always that? there. Yeah. I mean, in the background, they talk about Jesus a lot. And he prays, they, we, you, we pray you in pray, his name. You pray in his name. That can become very perfunctory. Oh, yeah. You just know, throw a picture don't even of Jesus, think about it. You know? And yeah. so Jesus has this role, he has this place, but I wouldn't say, at least in my experience, that he's the driving force. Oh, no. That he's at the heart. It's not, like, it's not like Jesus is seated at the table like we are, but he's just <laughs> in the backdrop, and he's all there. You look over there, oh, there's Jesus, and, you know, but he's not the He's, he's not, not the right there, the forefront. The personal, uh, you know, the thing that drives, again, the whole, the whole uh, faith experience, like he is for... Us now, and when you become a new creature, born again, mm -hmm. whatever you want to say, he now is not in the background. He is not only at the table; he's everything. <laughs> yeah, every exactly, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I've felt such that same thing. It yeah. is such a difference. Um, I just want to make sure we cover a couple of these. Um, anyway, so now you're pastor. Yes, you've been a teaching pastor all this time, and uh, any. Interesting stories or relationships. I guess a lot of your congregation probably are former Latter Day Saints. Mm -hmm. and you must be a great help to them. Well, hope so. I hope so. We do. You we counsel to, then a we lot. We try to do some ministries at the church yeah. that help people, you know, make that journey. And we try to, as a church, we try to be very aware of the LDS population around us, and yeah. um, and we know that on any given Sunday, there's going to be. Questioning LDS people, or people in different or, places, we, in the... and somewhere along that we know they're going to walk through the doors. Yeah, you know, I know it takes maybe a long time in the journey, but before you're ready to walk through the door of a different church, right. but we know that there are people are out there. So every Sunday, yeah. we try to do everything we can to be sensitive to that guest yeah. and to really um, make sure that they have a positive experience, so they'll come back. They're going to hear the gospel. Right. They're going to hear us. So we're going to talk about sin and we're going to talk about grace. We're going to talk about it in ways that we're sensitive to how LDS people will hear those words and hear those ideas, so we'll define things. But we don't call out Mormonism directly. No. We don't want to offend. No. We, you know, people can connect the dots for themselves. Sure. But we talk about the issues without the label. Yeah. Well, you do sense this, this two-part process, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this yep. theological wrangling that some of us have to do with the church, yeah. and then hopefully making that transition mm -hmm. to Christianity and starting to trust the Bible and starting mm -hmm. to have that love for Jesus and trust that we just didn't have as, as Latter-day Saints. Right. And you're trying to help people with that, I That's guess. That's one of my biggest, you know, uh, one of the things being in Utah so long, I have a couple things I do in ministry um, through Alpine Church and also alongside of Alpine Church. So one of them is I work with new churches and pastors coming into town and, 
uh, to help oh, do them they come understand and talk to the culture. About, yeah. yeah. Now, let's understand the culture and understand how it works here. But if you were a missionary going to Thailand or Romania, you'd want to understand the culture and yeah. how to talk about the gospel in ways that that sure. culture would understand. Right. And so we want to try to help churches and church planters and oh, people new to Utah do that. So that's one whole side of it. And then the other side of it that's really been growing in recent years is this uh, trying to help people coming out of Mormonism transition into a healthy relationship. I want to talk a lot about this because this, Mm -hmm. I think, is so valuable, and you've done it in Mm -hmm. such a way. It's called Faith After Mormonism. Yeah, I created a website and a ministry sort of identity called Faith After Mormonism. Yeah, and they can go to faithaftermormonism.org. Yes. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're little short snippets. I guess this is on purpose, mm-hmm. of course, just to keep people, I mean, they're only six to eight minutes long. Right. Mm-hmm. But you cover such a variety of topics. I mean, and it's endless, it seems like, but how many have you done so far? There must far? be about a hundred, I don't know. I've oh. been putting out one a week for about two years. Well, I quit counting at so. 28, so I'm not sure what I missed. But. So, no, they're not all on the website yet. Some of them oh, okay. are on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, the Faith After Mormonism channel on YouTube has been operating for a couple of years, and now the Website is fairly new, so I'm in the process of migrating them oh, over. Okay. So they're all but they're available. just so valuable. And what you've done, it's usually one on one, yeah. And you're talking mm-hmm. to someone who's a, been a member of the church, exactly, and talk about something like tithing mm-hmm. or grace, mm-hmm. and excuse me, and the Bible. One of the ones you said a lot of people have gone to is is what? Well, we have several on uh, relationships and uh, and what happens to relationships when a person starts to leave the and that's so church. important it's huge yeah now a lot of people and people have a variety of experiences some are more challenging and some are more smoother sure but there's always going to be some relational turbulence right along the way so we have a lot of things people want to uh, explore that well and you've got like you say people that uh, were a spouse isn't accepting this mm-hmm. new journey this that's right. what's so interesting about this whole process is that someone becomes born again or has this moment where they say, you know, I think there's a problem with the church. Right. And then the dominoes start falling, Book yeah. of Abraham and the seer stone and the right. masonry and all those things that finally start falling apart. And the other person is like, what do you mean? Yeah. You know? Well, you weren't this way two years ago, you know, you were like I am. So now it's such a hard bridge to, to cover, isn't well, it's it? It's threatening to your whole way of life, well, your, eternal, your whole culture, and your whole eternal yeah, family. Your it's temple it's very, very threatening. Yeah. So have you had good response from the faith we, after We have Mormonism? had good response. And what we're trying to do, Earl, is I think I've identified, at least in my mind, five areas that a person coming out of Mormonism into faith, there's, there's five areas that they have to deal yeah, with. Yeah, we pray for that, don't so, we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so... Right, because there's so many who are leaving Mormonism for atheism. Uh, yeah. At least temporary atheism for many, yeah. but many just throw the baby out with the bathwater yeah. and it's done. You know, I can't true. trust faith anymore. Yeah. Or, true church you know, isn't true, then nothing. Then is. what's left? Yeah. Yeah. So for those who still want to explore faith in some manner, that's that's our audience, really. Right. Um, there's five five obstacles or five areas that we try to identify, and this is the videos address these different things. Uh, number one is the relationship issues, okay? okay? So family and friends and your neighborhood. If you if you live in a place like Utah where all your neighbors are your ward and the, the relational issues. Without moving. Without moving, <laughs> yeah. And then the, se- the second one is emotional issues. Or sometimes I call them journey issues. Yeah. Like I trusted this ecclesiastical institution, 
and I was burned. Now, how do I trust again? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't trust the Bible. I don't trust pastors because yeah. they were denigrated. Sure. I don't trust church anymore. I don't even maybe trust myself because I was fooled all those years. So wow. now how do, I, how do I discern what's true? Don't burn me twice. Right. And there's a sense of loss. I've lost my heritage. I've lost my, my stories. I've lost the sense of who I was. I've lost my certainty. And so those are the emotional kind of issues there might be bitterness or anger so a person has to navigate relational issues they have to navigate uh, uh, emotional, emotional issues. issues they have to navigate doctrinal or worldview issues mm -hmm. I believed all this now what do I believe yeah and then uh, they have to navigate if they're going to find a new faith and live it out they have to a navigate cultural issues because uh, Christian traditional Christian churches do things very differently from the way we did them in the ward. Yeah. And so I walk into this church and there's like, not everybody is dressed modestly in terms of our old standards. Right. Or they're not wearing a tie. Um, women are not necessarily wearing a dress. Or they have this loud music with drums and, and guitars, guitars and, and yeah. many churches do. And, or, or like I, they pass an offering. Yeah, or I look around and go, right. who's in charge here? You know, how do things work? There's a big cross on the wall. So there's that these cultural things. That was big for things. me just mm -hmm. to see that cross. I mean, I can't tell you how my heart beat the first time that happened. <clears throat> I was like, boy, this is, I'm actually in a Christian church or yeah. something. You know, this it's is weird. different. Yeah. It's different. So and cultural. then the fifth area besides cultural is how do I follow Jesus after mm -hmm. You know, so you try to address mm -hmm. these faith after Mormonism mm -hmm. snippets to those to address those five exactly. areas and help. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh. Well, that's been that's been awesome. I, I'm glad you're doing those, and I, I just think, just hope people run across those and and just think a little bit. Yeah, we'll keep. That's what we want out. people to do. Yeah, we want people to think. We yeah. want to encourage them, give them some help along yeah, the journey. A little curious. And we'll and, keep making new ones as long as we can. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, any other maybe interesting stories that you might have had with, with an LDS person that you come to mind? I didn't prepare you for that. Yeah, but. no, there's, there's so many, I mean, so many different journeys. There's these big kind of overarching things, but there's so many in, intricate unique personal, uh, personal stories that people go through that they encounter uh, encounter God in one way or the other but you've seen and that happen yeah we've seen people come to the come, come to, to faith incredible some of them like it's night and day from one to the other boom boom and suddenly they're just going on fire for Jesus other ones man they bounce back and forth they trying come to find out their Mormonism, way um, then they bounce back into Mormonism and they come out back they out try again. this church and that church and that mm -hmm. church yeah and, yeah and the ties they can't quite break the ties and yeah. you know so there's all kinds of so many stories yeah well it's interesting and you um, uh, and one of the things that you are doing in September is a Faith After Mormonism conference. Right. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, as the, as the Internet, I mean, the uh, YouTube channel and the website have gotten traction, we've talked about wouldn't it be great to have an opportunity for former LDS people who are on this journey to meet each other a little bit. You yeah. know, and that's, I mean, they're... They get a chance through your interviews to meet a lot of people, you know. Yeah. But what if we had a chance to meet face to face to find out what some of the resources are that are out there, 
And so that oh. would be such an encouragement yeah. if we address some of these some of these five key things and we have a chance to say, hey, we're in this together, uh, connect, make connections. So we said, you know what, let's do a conference. Oh, let's do an event where we can invite people to come yeah. and, and we'll see what happens. The first time we've ever done this. So yeah. we'll see what happens, but I'm excited about it. Well, this should air around the end of August, mm -hmm. around the 22nd or something, I'm thinking. And your conference is September 7th and 8th. Right, it's a Friday night and a Saturday mm -hmm. till lunch. Yeah, and we're going to do be out the South, South Mountain Community Church. Right, the Draper campus. The mm -hmm. Draper campus. And um, is that on... It's on uh, Bangor Parkway. Bangor Parkway, mm -hmm. that's what I thought. And and it'll be from like 6 to 9 on the first yeah, on Friday like night. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then 10 and then to 8.39 to oh. 8.39 in the morning on Saturday, on Saturday, and we'll end with lunch together. And you've asked me to participate by conducting a panel with, yeah. a, with a few former LDS. Yeah. We'll maybe share some discussions about relationships mm -hmm. and some of those things we've been talking yeah. about. Well, I'm excited and we have, about that. Uh, we have some great people coming. Mike and Lynn Wilder are going to come and share I know, on so Friday awesome. night and then and a, a workshop on, on Saturday. And then uh, we're still lining up, waiting for confirmations for other workshop presenters. And yeah. it's going to be, a, I think, a real positive encouragement well, for be, people. It'll be exciting, too, because I know there are a lot of people out that, out that part of the <clears throat> valley that, mm -hmm. uh, that hopefully would come and share, spread the word. And hopefully this will do a little bit, too, and have yeah. people come and well, I know meet you and meet the from, rest of us. I know somebody who's coming down from Boise. I know somebody who's coming up from oh, San Diego oh, for good. it. And so we're starting to get a, a sense feedback. of that this could be something that could be really, really helpful for a lot of folk. Oh, well, that's awesome. Well, gosh, uh, Ross, you've done so much, and uh, you've also authored a, uh, a workbook. Um, what do you call that, a study yeah, that, guide or it's, something? It's a, study, it's a study guide designed yeah. for small groups to use. Yeah. We open the Bible. You open the study guide. The Bible takes you to, uh, it takes you to a Bible passage. You read that and talk about it together. And, and they... Uh, each chapter deals with one of these issues we've been talking about. Oh, okay. About how to, about trust, about loss, about culture, um, culture yeah. about uh, new ways of growing, about authority, about how does church work now, and, yeah. and going to the Bible to really get the roots of that. Yeah. It gives people a chance to talk about their experience as Latter-day Saints and what that was like, and maybe what they're grappling with now, but it then gives them a biblical framework for thinking through those transitioning issues. Mm -hmm. It's called Jesus Without Joseph. Jesus Without Joseph. And it's available on Amazon? It's available in a PDF, as an, an e-book download okay. on Amazon.com. And it's available as a PDF at my website, utahadvance.org. So I know I have more than one website, so I'm going to confuse Say that everybody. utahadvance.org. Yeah. Utah Advance is the umbrella ministry under which we do Faith After Mormonism. Oh, I see. So, and yeah. you're going to continue on with the faith after yeah, Mormonism. Yeah, we'll keep that, and all kind of. We're still, we're still building that site. So before long, that resource will be available on that site too. Now, if people were interested in participating in the faith after Mormonism, do you have a, a, a group of people, or how how would they contact you if they were interested in being on that? Or yeah, they, you, are they you can, looking for people? I to, am looking for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, um, they can reach me through the faith after Mormonism. Dot org uh, website. There's a contact but place for form on there. Comments contact. or contact. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a link for contact, and they can send me a message that way. Oh, great. And um, yeah, 
Yeah. I'm always looking for people who have something to share, especially in maybe areas where the library doesn't cover some of the things we really want to talk about. Yeah. And try to expand it. Now, and you're covering some of those delicate issues about, uh, you know, the people have trouble with, or as, as Mormons are, certainly don't want to listen to. Have you ever had any real negative Mormons that jump on you and say, "Oh, that's you know," well, criticize you. They're not not too bad. Now not on too bad. on YouTube, where all the where the videos are hosted, there's always comments. <laughs> yeah. There's always trolls <laughs> yeah. working YouTube and you know Try with to. stuff that just trying to be negative and to be you know yeah. strident and so forth. Yeah. But not too much. Oh, good. Well, I I went through like I said a list of those, and I I just was amazed at the. T talking about grace and faith, feeling shunned after leaving. Yeah. Such a big that, that, thing. That touched a nerve. It did it with yeah. a lot of people. A lot of people. Went to that one. I've seen that one, yeah. Yeah. The, the biggest one, the most one that, the only one that's really gone really viral yeah. on it is uh, one called What Mormons Will Say When You Leave. That's one I was going to ask you about. Yeah, and I interviewed a couple um, that they left Mormonism in they're middle age, and um, their kids are still in the church, and oh, so we were so we talked about some of the things that, like who offended you, yeah. or what command, what command you keep, keep. Yeah. or you know things like that. Yeah, um, that that just missed the they missed the point, but kind of preparing you for that journey out. You know, you're going to hear things like this. Yeah. you know, here's how you can be gracious and respond to those kind of things. Well, Ross, is it, has this been a joyful journey for you over the years? It's fun. It's really exciting to has see. Yeah, to see so many people, um, just their just their lives light up because of the grace of God. I mm -hmm. just think the grace the grace of God expressed through Jesus Christ is so amazing, and it's you know you can throw that word around, but until you understand what it means and you've experienced it. You know, and to just stop, stop laboring, stop slaving away. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, I liken, you know, you can approach God as a, as a slave or as a son. And I think LDS people approach God like as a, slave. a slave. Like you, I do what I'm supposed to do and you give me what you're supposed to give me. Well, it's that putting God in our debt. Mm -hmm. And even, even Doctrine and Covenants talks about, you are bound, I am bound when you do what I say. Right. Isn't that an interesting approach? Yeah. It's, a, it's a transaction between, yeah. or, you know, but it's, you're earning your you're way. You're earning your course. way. Yeah. And so, at, but approaching God as a son or daughter, I'm still going to do all the same thing. I'm going to still live. I'm going to do what my father tells me to do, yeah. but not because. I'm going to get him to owe me something or not because I have this formal kind of relationship. I'm going to do it because we love each other. Yeah, I love him and he loves me. Yeah, and that's where the grace is so, that's why it's so revolutionary. I've seen uh, so many people just revolutionized by that concept, by that yeah. truth. Well, Raj, you're a delight and I appreciate all you do with, uh, and I'm, I know you've touched a lot of lives over well, the years. and. And being here in Utah, and, and you mentioned helping others in ministry too, and mm -hmm. that ends up blessing a lot of people too. So, oh, great. thanks, Thank Ross, so and good luck on that conference. We'll hopefully have a great one. Huh? We will. Thanks for joining us. See ya. This has been the audio podcast of The Ex Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. The Ex Mormon Files is produced by Main Street Church of Brigham City. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. 
Do you have an ex-Mormon story to share? Write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com.